0: A poet once said that wherever there is a person who exercises authority, there is a person who resists it. Which person will you choose to be? It's Girl in Space. Dreamlog, day nine mark six five one, uh, hour oh two two one. So, first things first. I know I used to make fun of you for keeping a dream log, but I keep having the same dream over and over. And I'm not dense or close-minded enough to dismiss the possibility that it could mean something. Not that I think I'm having prophetic visions or portents or whatever. Just, just saying my brain might be picking apart some tangle of memories that could be important. You are probably loving this. Wherever you are. Anyway, uh, the dream is about mom. She and I are standing in a place I've never been before. A place I can't... um, I, I think that's how I knew, in the dream, that I was dreaming. It was bizarrely real otherwise. I even feel like I have salt water drying in my hair, but obviously that's just the sweat. Anyway, uh... So in this dream, Mom and I are standing on the shore of what must be an ocean on Earth. The ocean is sort of like space, but flat and textured and not inherently dark. And like space, it's beautiful and calming and terrifying all at once. The edge of the ocean is laced with foam and laps up against our toes. And in the distance, this massive drone rises up into the sky and begins to move swiftly toward us. And it has this spotlight that's just this awful, sweeping glare. Mom whispers, They finally come for us. But somehow I know she isn't talking to me. I remember looking around for you, but behind me there's only a metal door, standing like a sentinel in the sand. When I turn back to look at Mom, she's no longer there. With a sudden surge of terror, I scan the horizon, and then I see her, uh, lying further down the beach as though she's fallen from one of the cliffs above. I begin to run toward her in that stupid, gainless, lurchy way you run in dreams, with every step sinking in sand up to my ankles. I don't take my eyes off her as I run, and I watch as a wave breaches the shore and washes away my mother's skin, the delicate white lace turning pink with her blood. Another wave comes and sweeps away her muscles and organs, and then a third her bones. And then there's nothing left to indicate she had ever existed at all. Except for a shadow, a shallow indentation in the sand that's slowly filling from beneath with large, black flies. And they're stumbling over each other in an increasingly irate chorus of buzzing. I finally reach this resting place, just as the flies rise up all at once and begin to cover my hands, arms, and face in this stinging, stinking black cloud. I swat them away, each impact a hard prickle on my hands. And then a cold rush of wind blows them away. And the drone is there. Its spotlight burning through my eyelids into the core of my brain. Let yourself be found, it says in this dead metallic echo. I woke up saying those words let yourself be found, over and over again, and I almost couldn't stop. That's when I saw Charlotte hovering over me, making this soft, digital, shushing sound. I have no idea how long she was there. Charlotte never sleeps. Okay, um, so day 10 mark 304, hour 0553, uh, radiation levels normal, blah, 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 all of that good stuff. Okay, the thing moving toward us, it's not a meteor or an asteroid or an event or a malevolent godlike entity or a ship or any of those other things I said it might be. Dad, it's an entire fleet. I realize that precision is important in documentation and that fleet may not be the proper term in this case, but I've never encountered another single ship in my life, let alone a whole bunch of them all at once. So I hope you'll grant me a bit of leniency. Uh, I, I counted 18 of them. Uh, This giant vessel nearly the size of the Cavatica, a largish ship with lots of glowing blue protrusions sticking out of it, and 16 little ships that might fit one or two people max. Then Charlotte pointed out three spindly objects I hadn't noticed near the back of the formation, uh, maybe satellites of some sort. She then estimated that they would be here in three hours and word away on her hydraulic arm. I haven't seen her since, mostly because I'm still here, staring. The ships are coming slowly, steadily closer, and I cannot look away. I feel numb in a way, like my heart has stopped or my skin has thickened. Like this isn't really happening, or that if it is, my body is trying to distance me from it. I had that dream about mom again last night, you know, the one with the ocean and the flies, and that felt... Is it a bad sign when your dreams feel more like real life than real life does? Is it a bad sign when 21 mysterious ships suddenly bear down on your helpless, dead-in-the-water research vessel? I'd say yes and yes. Okay. I have three hours before they're here. I don't know where Charlotte went. uh, Probably to prepare, whatever that means for her. I made a list last night of things to do if the light turned out to be a ship, but, well, now that I know there are 21 of them, those measures feel futile. Not to get all hopeless and dreary. I mean, it would be stupid to give up and not prepare at all okay action gotta take action so i can't stop the ships from coming toward us and i can't train any weapons on them because a the cavatica is dead and b the cavatica doesn't have any weapons being a giant bloated research vessel whose purpose is to study and understand the scientific wonders of the universe not blow them up now things i can do include watching waiting practicing sealing off various pods and making some improvised explosive devices. That that, that last part was a joke. I'm not entirely sure how to make bombs. Though, if you need someone to analyze soil acidity, graft plum tree branches, or perform a flawless recitation of John Donne's A Lecture Upon the Shadow, I'm your girl. Not to say I'm helpless. I'm not. None of us ever are. I've seen Jurassic Park enough times to know that I should be able to sprint, climb, and hide in response to enemy provocation. I'm not skinny like Dr. Sattler, but I'm pretty sure I can run faster than her. And hey, maybe the ships aren't even a threat. Maybe they're full of fellow scientists or explorers, human or non-human, organic or AI. Thinking, sensing, feeling things. Bodies with flesh and muscle and bone and metal and wires and thoughts and dreams. Maybe they're hoping to share an exciting new discovery with me. Or deliver a shipment of chocolate and kittens. Or maybe they're just space pirates who want to slit my throat and wear my skin as a suit. I'm... I'd better get to work. Okay, just about an hour left until fleet arrival. The ships have come closer than I thought possible, and they've still got a long way to go. At this point, I think I'm as prepared as I can be, you know, given the circumstances, I practiced permanently and semi-permanently sealing off the glass house from the rest of the ship like a survival bunker. I made sure all of my lab equipment is in there, along with my tools, a couple thermal blankets, and a variety of knives that I snagged from the galley that probably won't do much good against anything, but hey, it made me feel better. Admittedly, if anything were to happen to the Kavatica as a whole, there's no way to detach the glass house. And nothing in here, including me, could survive any closer to or farther from our present distance from Ra. Still, I dragged the vacuum suits out of the dash core storage just in case. Turns out one of them is pretty badly corroded, but the other one might be okay. Ironically, or maybe just unfortunately, I won't be able to test it until I'm wearing it in an actual vacuum. I realize I could probably dunk it into the hydroponic tanks and see if bubbles rise up or something, but I don't think I could handle getting close to the fish right now. Oh man, and what if one of them, like, slipped into the suit and later I had to wear the suit and there was a fish in there? So, instead, I'll go with trial by fire, or, you know, frigid vacuum, or whatever space technically is. I'm not sure something can technically even be cold, since cold is the absence of warmth, just like darkness is the absence of light. Can something be wholly defined by negative attributes? I'm sure there's a joke to be made there about Charlotte, but I am way too frazzled to think of it right now. Oh, uh, speaking of Charlotte, I finally tracked her down in one of the halls leading out of the dash core toward the five non-functional pods. After reciting the majority of the Caldwell Enterprises Emergency Evacuation Procedure Manual, she confirmed that both of the escape pods are dead. Though she also assured me that even if they were functional, a single moderately armed ship would have very little trouble blowing them to smithereens, let alone an entire fleet. Comforting. I asked her, rhetorically, if there was a third option, you know, if neither fight nor flight was feasible. She told me that in the case of an emergency, I am to proceed calmly to the communications pod and take cover under the main table in conference room B, hug my knees, tuck my chin to my chest, and wait for the appropriate personnel to retrieve me. I told her I'd be happy to do that if A. The communications pod weren't completely locked down, B. We had any personnel, and C. I were pathetic, But she just pretended not to hear me again and whirred huffily away. She's been gone a long time. I'd go off in search of her, but I don't think I could stand any more recitations from the Caldwell Enterprises Emergency Evacuation Procedure Manual. Of course, I appreciate what she's trying to do. But I learned a long time ago that not everything can be solved by the book. Every once in a while, circumstances arise that even the brilliant minds at Caldwell Enterprises couldn't have predicted. If I was a quippy kind of person, I would say that the worst part of waiting is the waiting. But I'm not quippy, and so I'll just say that I hate waiting. And I hate feeling helpless. I suppose there's always work to be done. I haven't been nearly as attentive to the... What should I call my little group of potato-destroying insects? A horde? A gaggle? A swarm? A fleet? Whatever they are, they've devoured every scrap of potato plant in their terrarium, and now they're wandering aimlessly all over the glass walls, waving their antennae like madmen flailing their arms. I don't want to encourage them to continue destroying my food supply, but I don't want them to starve either. Maybe I can train them to eat something like algae or kudzu or turnips. I thought of something while I was feeding the mysterious insects that I potentially should not be feeding. That button of mom's I pushed? Maybe it somehow signaled or summoned the fleet. I immediately retrieved it and took it back apart in hopes that the signal would go dark and the approaching fleet would lose sight of us.
1: Improbable.
0: Raw is very
1: hard to miss. Thank you, Charlotte. How long until fleet arrival? Approximately... 25 minutes 17 17 17 seconds
0: hmm could you run a report of our strategic options oral receptors malfunctioning what are they really malfunctioning or do you just not want to run the report oral receptors malfunctioning charlotte huh awesome my only companion in the entire universe just left me here to face down 21 ships alone Honestly, I'm not sure which is worse. That she's gone from being independently willed to actively hostile? Or that she could potentially be genuinely malfunctioning? This is not the ideal time for either. Could thing I have a questionably viable vacuum suit and this paring knife from the galley. Oh my gosh, I am going to die and some freaky dude is going to wear my skin as a suit. you know it really is pretty in here i should say that on the record just in case this is the last time i see it and for posterity or whatever it's easy to take it for granted sometimes but the cavatica is of singular design well that's what mom used to say i'd just say it's beautiful The whole pod is built from delicate metal arcs and crystal panes, though over time the silver has turned to a mottled rust-red, orange, and gold, and many of the crystal panes are stained green from the inside by a soft crush of lichens, mosses, and microscopic plants. The warm orange light of Ra pulses through it all like a heartbeat, and the roses and lemons and orchids make the air smell like a sweet living breath. The aqueducts are lined with mossy stones and water plants, veined over here and there with roots, and it's all quite lovely and soothing, despite the creepy little fish gawking up at me from beneath the lily pads. The aviaries are covered in vines and filled with delicate jewel-toned birds, and the paths to the terrariums lead over roots and under green tunnels of shadow and mystery. There's even a swing— hanging from the maple tree at the center of it all, cobbled together from a flat bulkhead panel and an excess of electrical cording. I'm actually sitting on it now, looking over at the placard nearby that reads, honorum lutum sanguine. I remember asking you, when I was really little and asking questions nonstop, what that meant. And you said you'd tell me one day when I was ready. I like to think you were planning on telling me right before you left and you just never got the chance. I know enough Latin to figure out that it has something to do with honor and soil and blood, but I still don't know what it means, like what it meant to you. Maybe that's just one of life's little frustrations. We can never learn it all, and the more we learn, the more we realize everything we won't have time to learn. When you left, before you died, I don't know if you got to understand everything you wanted to, or appreciate everything. I think it was probably more of a shock, and then nothing. At least I have 20 minutes, a vacuum suit, and a welding torch. I mean, at least I can... What now? Charlotte?
1: They are calling on us.
0: Yeah, thanks. I can see that. Though I think 21 ships in what appears to be some sort of strategic formation merits stronger and less anachronistic language than calling on
1: us. You misunderstand. They are hailing us. Via radio. What? How? Our radio doesn't work. It
0: never has. I fixed it. Oh. Is that why you left earlier?
1: Yes. Thank you, I guess? They are hailing us via radio.
0: Oh, I need to answer it. Hey, don't look at me like that. A minute ago, I didn't even know we had a working radio. Let's see. I think it's working. Yes. Hello? Yeah, I have no idea what you're saying.
1: Charlotte, what do I do? Please proceed swiftly and calmly to the communications pod and take cover, 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 cover under the main table in conference room B. Once there, hug your knees, tuck your chin to your chest, and wait for the appropriate personnel to retrieve you. Kavatica, this is Enforcer 1. Please ready your docking bay and prepare to be boarded.
0: Oh, um... Enforcer 1, this is Cavatica. No, thank you. I mean, we politely decline.
1: Cavatica, this is Enforcer One. That was an order, not a request. Prepare docking bay for immediate boarding.
0: Ah, okay. Well, we seem to be at odds here. Why are you under the impression that you need to board?
1: Who is this? Who is your commanding officer?
0: I don't think I have one. Or maybe that means it's me. Why, who's your commanding officer?
1: Cavatica, this is Captain Miles Chen of Enforcer
0: One. Stand down and prepare to be boarded. If you do not comply, we will not
1: hesitate to use lethal force.
0: Ah, crap can't blame me for not wanting something called the Enforcer having anything to do with my ship, right? Uh, hold on just a sec. Charlotte, do you think they're bluffing? Oral receptors malfunctioning. Seriously? Just go to the galley and tell me what you see, okay? If you insist.
1: The second largest ship has extended a number of its protrusions, all of which are emitting light, 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 and rotating toward the Cavatica. The 16 fighters are doing the same.
0: Okay, that must be Enforcer 1 and the physical manifestations of said lethal force. Uh, What else do you see?
1: The largest ship is a carrier called the Ares. Enforcer 1 is a Luhai class dis- dis- destroyer. Registration number 0 Alpha 4515 Delta 359252000 zero, 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 No zero. stuff that's like
0: actually helpful. Like
1: Gavatica, this is your final warning. We
0: are preparing to fire. Wait 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 wait. This is a research vessel. Which means that we're unarmed. Isn't threatening to shoot us like incredibly unsporting of you? Against your code of ethics or decency or whatever?
1: Who is this?
0: Uh, the sole survivor of a breakout of a very rare and dangerous disease. I mean, I have genetic immunity, but if any of you come aboard, you'll probably all die immediately. Painfully. Screaming. In pain. Our scanners have picked up no such anomalies. Ugh, this guy sucks. Fine, whatever. But don't come crying to me when your crew gets the screaming space madness. What? Ugh, look. I'm surrendering, okay? We're unarmed, and we can't move or fight back. So, you've got us. Don't shoot. Also... The docking bay and everything else on that side of the ship is dead. So if it appears that we're not complying, it's because we can't. You'll just have to get creative with your boarding process. Oh, uh, and the airlocks don't work either, so watch out for that.
1: Standby for boarding via remote connector.
0: Oh, wait. Just real quick, what are your intentions? okay, I guess they hung up on me.
1: Hey, Charlotte, could you please Oral go? Receptors malfunctioning.
0: Not a good time for that. Ugh. I feel like that could have gone so much better. I am not good at talking to people. Or lying, apparently. I don't know. Could I have said something differently, maybe? Something that would have made them turn around and leave?
1: Likely not.
0: Hey, I thought your aural receptors were... Never mind. Well, if we're going to have visitors, I guess I should go get prettied up. So, uh, turns out a remote connector is 100% exactly what it sounds like. A silicon hallway that snakes out of Enforcer 1's hangar bay and seals up against the Cavatica's airlock. It's semi-translucent-ish and lit from within, though I can't see any activity going on inside. If my voice sounds all mangled, it's because I decided to put on that second vacuum suit, just in case. It's weird, uh, mostly because I haven't worn shoes in a couple thousand days, and I'm not used to having anything on my feet. Also, my vision is super limited by the suit's view panel, and back in the Atmo of the ship, I sounded like a walking garbage bag. At least here on the other side, I'm nice and silent. That's right, I am on the other side, a.k.a. the majority section of the Kavatica that isn't supported by my jury-rigged life support system the five pods that didn't make the cut. I haven't been over here since, well, since everything started to fall apart. Currently, I am in the core hallway between the defunct cockpit and communications pods, crouched on top of one of those ceiling-high stacks of Caldwell Enterprise's synthetic protein. Luckily, the ceiling here transitions into a big dark grid of pipes and beams about halfway up, so I think I'm pretty well hidden from anyone who might make their way aboard. For now. I have a pretty decent view from up here, too. I can see the auxiliary airlock where the remote connector thingy has attached, and the docking mandibles are visible through one of the tempered crystal viewports. Now, wait a minute, I can hear you thinking. I thought you were going to permanently or semi-permanently seal yourself into the glasshouse pod. Well, you are not wrong. I just really hate waiting, and the longer I sat there, the more the glasshouse seemed like the obvious place for them to capture me. I felt like the cheese at the center of the rat maze. At least out here, I might have some sort of element of surprise, depending on what their scanners are able to detect. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. T-Rexes and Velociraptors I could probably handle, but Jurassic Park did not prepare me for a heavily weaponized fleet of ships or its abundantly humorless crew. Though, if there are any dinosaurs aboard the Enforcer One, I am totally going to flee from them like a pro. Oh, though, small victory, I'm still breathing which means that the vacuum suit I'm wearing works. Yay! I am trying to crouch up here all motionless, but my many, many days as a researcher haven't exactly imbued me with athletic prowess. I'm actually kind of starting to hope they get through the broken airlock door soon, just to get this over with. My legs are on fire, and I just realized I forgot to refrigerate the remainder of the cheese. Do you think cheese would age in a vacuum? I wonder where Charlotte is. Did I accidentally seal her up in the glass house? Okay, uh, this is kind of awkward. Nothing's happening. Every once in a while, the metal door, like, budges slightly, but I must have done a better job welding it shut than I thought. I'm going to stop for now and then I'll start recording again if anything significant happens. Otherwise, this is just going to be a whole lot of me breathing. Which, again, I want to stress that I am super happy about. So here's something that's kind of weird. I've been staring through the viewport at the Enforcer 1 for the longest time, and I only just now noticed the viewport itself. The crystal has aged or become covered with grime over the thousands of days since these pods have been active, and there are words written there. A message. It's in all caps, and it looks like it was written in the grime with someone's fingertip. It says "find me," but backwards, as though written for someone outside of the cavatica. I don't know what th- <sighs> they're through. Though I don't know why I'm whispering, you know, with the vacuum and all. There are three, four, five of them, uh, all bipedal humanoids all dressed, or encapsulated, I guess, in hard black suits with stiff joints and big insectoid helmets. All of them, no, uh, four, four of the five have these square tanks built into the backs of their suits with thick corrugated tubing feeding into the helmet. The fifth one, uh, the one that's bringing up the rear, has no such apparatus. Two of the figures are carrying portable lighting devices, and two are carrying what I'm just going to assume are ridiculously large guns. Yeah, I know what happens when you assume, but at this point, I think a little caution will serve me well. The one without the helmet tubes has a small glowing data pad in its left hand. Uh, Age, gender, and even species at this point are indeterminable. Oh my gosh, there are other living beings aboard the Kavatica. I've, I think I might, oh, uh, okay. They're, they've split into two groups with one light and one gun carrier stationed at the entry point to secure an airlock seal, and the other three are scouting up the hallway. Thankfully, they've gone toward the galley in the opposite direction of my protein crates, and they haven't spotted me yet. I keep wondering if I should, like, jump down and introduce myself or stab them with my paring knife or something, but then I remind myself that now is the time for waiting and observing. At least it's interesting. And of course, by interesting, I mean terrifying. What if these are the last few moments of my life? Huh. Apparently, my brain wants to spend the last few moments of my life thinking about cheese. They must be pumping in some sort of Atmo through the remote connector, because now I can hear their footsteps. Gosh, I really hope they breathe oxygen. The two I can see appear to be communicating with each other. Uh, Every once in a while, they'll bob their heads or gesture with their hands. They must have internal communicators set to a local frequency. I wish I knew where the other three had... That did not go well. Earlier, when I said I'm not good at talking to people, I may have been generously optimistic. At least they've given me back my recorder. Though, I think someone took it apart and put it back together in a hurry because the analog buttons are all loose and the data tracker was backed up to an entry from more than like 5,000 days ago. Also, my little sunglasses-wearing-penguin sticker that said chill out has been scraped off. Oh, and also I'm in prison. I probably should have led with that. Support for the Girl in Space podcast is made possible by listeners like you. You can help keep the show going, get sweet merch, and excess bonus episodes for as little as $2 a month when you become a patron on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash girl in space, all one word, to check out exclusive rewards for patrons and make your pledge. That's patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash girl in space. For credits and a full transcription of this and other episodes of Girl in Space, please visit girlinspacepodcast.com. If you're interested in creative writing, be sure to check out my other show, Right Now. That's right, like W-R-I-T-E, because puns. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to the Girl in Space podcast. It means so much.